You are listening to the weekly Big Finish podcast. It may even be Monday, the 5th of December 2016. Hello, I'm Nick Briggs. Regular listeners to the podcast will be shocked to hear me say that because usually my fantastic co host introduces me. But since I'm getting in the Christmassy mood, I thought I'd return the favour. What can I say about my co host? Well, he's a natural. He's witty, he's cool. Cool! Is that cool? His voice is beautifully modulated, but not in a Dalek-y sort of way. He's a great sound designer and composer for Big Finish. And I could be happy, I could happily waste an entire day just chatting with him. The reason I fumbled over that is that I wrote it very badly. He is, in short, <laughs> Benji Clifford. Oh, thank you so much. That took that took me by complete surprise, actually. Complete yeah. surprise. You're a very kind man. And, well, this whole script has taken us both by surprise because I literally finished it, finished writing it before we spoke. Yes. The possibilities of, of, of it being tight wrong could be great. It could be, he is short, Benji Clifford, or here he is wearing shorts. <laughs> As I always dress. I can't quite see over Skype. No, no, he's not wearing shorts. No, no, no shorts for me. No shorts. Yes, well, here we are again. Another fantastic uh, podcast to look forward to. Well, you say that. How do you know? Well, this. Well, this is true. It's going to be a complete train wreck, isn't it? From start (laughs) to finish. Oh. oh well. No. Um, oh, it now falls to to me for contractual reasons to remind you, dear listener, that Big Finish are the purveyors of fine audio drama and audiobooks. Maybe I should have said that slightly earlier, but I have the feeling you know already. We produce stuff like Doctor Who, Torchwood, Blake Seven, Sherlock Holmes, Dracula, Frankenstein, Survivors, The Avengers, The Omega Factor, The Prisoner, loads of it. Check us out at BigFinish.com. I think you'll love it. I think you might as well. Well, coming up in this podcast, our tried and tested format of the Big Finish News, listeners' emails, a guest star interview, the randomoid Selectatron, and a roundup of the Big Finish productions currently on release. Then we round things off with the final segment of our Dan Dare teaser episode. That's not to be missed. Along the way, we hope to entertain and delight you with our madcap antics and serial incompetence. Yes, entertain and delight you, or at least encourage you not to press the stop button. Uh, by the way, Benji, for the guest star interview, I'm offering you Crystal D from Doctor Who, The Fan Show, Sophie Aldred, or... John Levine. I'm going to see John Levine tonight. I've just remembered. Uh, you choose. Oh, difficult one here because they're all fantastic. Every one of those people are fantastic. Um, I do you mean that? I do mean that. I think they're all, all <laughs> wonderful, wonderful people. Um, this is a really difficult one, and the, the problem is I'm really, really close friends with Crystal D. So exactly. I think I would be bullied and punished if if I didn't choose her. Oh, I thought you were going to say, I've heard everything she has to say, and frankly, I'm not interested. I've heard her story, to be honest. (laughs) It's just, nah, not today. No, I'm going to have to choose Crystal Crystal. because, yeah, she'll she'll hurt me otherwise. She will. (laughs) Fair enough. She has a vicious look about her. Well, she'll Um, she'll force me to play the London's Burning board game, which we tried once at the last big finish day, to which we were just sort of in absolute shock at how difficult it was with Sue Cowley was there as well just laughing <laughs> going 
going, what's going on? I don't understand. Is there really... London's Burning is an old TV show, isn't it? It is, yeah. Uh, just for those who don't know. Fantastic. But you love old TV shows, Ben G. I know. That's why you work for us. I know. Something. My sister was asking me about Christmas things. Uh, she said, oh, is there anything you want for Christmas? She said, oh, I'm asking you now because if, if, if I guess, I'll get it wrong. And if I ask you, I know it'll be like, oh, yes, something... The Mister on 2000s from 1976 on DVD or VHS. She's she's got me off to a tea. But yes, I love old television. And oh, well, I just must interrupt everything by telling you that I bought a series called Strange Report. Have you heard of that one? No, I haven't. It sounds like a strange report, though. Yeah, it's well the third. St- Starring regular in it was made in 1969. Is Annika Wills? No way, really. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm fudging because I can't remember the dreadfully famous actor who was the main star. I'm really embarrassed. Well, who made oh. it? Was it a BBC or an ITV or a? It was ITV. It was like that ITC sort of series thing. You know, had a fantastic Anthony Quayle. Oh, that's who it was. Excellent. Yeah. Um, and he's absolutely brilliant in it. And it's been restored as well, because I'd seen previous clips from it, and it looked very muddy, the picture quality. And it's so pin-sharp, it's amazing. There's a special feature on the DVD box set about how it's possibly the best restored TV thing ever. I haven't I haven't seen this extra, so it might just be someone saying those words, and that's the end of it. <laughs> this is the best. And so I'm looking forward to watching it. The thing is, though, it's true, without, without a shadow of a doubt, that when you get these things that have been been restored like the bfi dvds and stuff uh, that you get back and they've restored things and it it genuinely revitalizes the entire experience i watch i watch things and i think god this is like it's like watching it for the first time in some yeah. cases i know exactly what i'm watching because i've seen it 50 billion times because i'm an anorak um but at the same time it's like it's magical absolutely magical I'd like to put a plea into anyone who's connected with this sort of thing listening that Arthur of the Britons, which I bought the other day, that needs restoring. Arthur because the it's, Britons, te- yes. it's the picture quality is terrible. Picture and sound, it's awful. It's like watching it through three pairs of stockings. I mean, it's brilliant anyway. <laughs> Oliver Tobias in a extremely uh, historically accurate in inverted commas great but didn't it have Arthur a great the... um opening sequence as well oh, absolutely breathtaking music anyway let's go to the max this is the big finish news That was. It's me trying to be a cool cat. Uh, so, number one, Dan Dare is released on Monday, the 5th of December. Very excited about that one, which might be today, depending on uh, when you're listening to this podcast. The original 1950s British comic book space hero is back on audio and sounding amazing. Starring Ed Stoppard as Colonel Dan Dare. Jeff McGiven as his faithful sidekick Digby, and Raz Ravi as his terrifying foe, the Mekon. Dan Dare Volume 1 is packed with exciting adventure and audio vistas to blow your mind. Here's the trailer. Your father was a great test pilot. How big a risk are you prepared to take to get back into space, Colonel Dare? Risk is my job. Ease off, Dare. 
is off. I thought you wanted Kingfisher tested. Not destroyed. You're sitting in five billion pounds of taxpayers' money. If there isn't a law against flying like that, there bloody well should be. Seven years ago, a strange vessel crashed near the military base in Lancashire. It was packed with technology we simply couldn't understand. Way beyond anything human. You're telling me aliens landed in Lancashire? There she is, Anastasia. That is quite a piece of kid. So, when do I get to pick the rest of my crew? You don't. What? It's just you, me and Peabody. Is that a city floating in the clouds? It's incredible. We are the first humans on Venus. Mission Control, this is Anastasia. We made it. How many are out there? For God's sake, just shoot back! Unauthorized presence on the main. Well, Peabody, looks like your friend Sondar led us into a trap after all. It doesn't make sense. What the hell is this? Respect. Neo. I assume from the hovering throne that you're the Mekon. The title is Supreme Leader. Why don't I just kill them, Supreme Leader? Because that is what a lesser mind would do. More humans will inevitably follow. Plenty of time to kill them later. Dan Dare the Audio Adventures. Coming soon. Big finish. We love stories. And if you're not familiar with Dan and his adventures, there's a free extract of the first adventure available at bigfinish.com right now. That's as of this second. And if you go to the Big Finish YouTube page, there's a great video which tells you about the history and origin of Dan Dare. You're in for a treat. Yes, I'm also in it. I hope that doesn't put you off. Um, I wanted to play the uh, uh, Mekon, but I just wasn't available on the right dates. But anyway, the brilliant, it's Rad Rawi, uh, but uh, I enjoyed your mispronunciation of his name, so I didn't draw attention to it before. It's just extra comedy value, Benji. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But so I ended up playing a character who wants to be the Mekon, which is quite fun. A chap called Garlock, who autocorrects to garlic. But there you go. The Big Finish Christmas Podcast will be released on Monday the 19th of December. I think I said 19th a bit like John Petrick. 19th. Uh, Stop, don't move. Uh, We haven't had enough stop, don't move. Stop, don't move. I tried to start that hashtag on uh, Twitter about Pertwee catchphrase. Oh, did you know, actually, talking about this, which you're about to describe... Actually, I'll wait until you read out this bit, because... Um, oh, thanks, because, mate. <laughs> uh, because it's relevant to Stop, Don't Move. Um, uh, stop, so, don't move. move. Um, anyway, yes, about the Big Finish Christmas podcast, we'll be recording it on Friday the 16th at the uh, Big Finish rather shabby production office party. Yeah, Please don't be offended if you haven't been invited. Uh, Regular listeners might remember that for the last two years, the Christmas podcast has featured the exciting quiz, My Shelf. No? Enough said. Anyway, the podcast will be packed with guest stars such as our Lord and Master, Jason Hay Gallery, Chairman of the company and my co-exec producer, along with actors and folks from all areas of big, the Big Finish world, including Benji, of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. You are still coming. Say you're coming. No, so I'm washing my ear that day. <laughs> it's funny. I, I was. Uh, We've got a bowl and everything. You can come <laughs> and wash it there. Wash it here. You're not... <laughs> can't get out of this one. 
I was up. Gary a... Russell's just pulled out. He was coming, and then he's confused the days, oh, so he's no. not coming now. <laughs> he just don't, he doesn't know what the order of the week is. Oh my god! No, that was always Thir- his problem. Producing Thursday, big finish. Tuesday, Monday. No, I've got the days confused again. He did. He said, oh, I thought it was Thursday, even though you said it was Friday. I thought, yeah, this is the weakest excuse ever. Don't wriggle out of this one. <laughs> but I was over, I was at the uh, the, the Doom Coalition uh, 4 recording this week, and Matt Fitton mm. was there. And he, he came over to me and he said, got this great idea for the uh, My Shelf game at the Christmas party. Oh, and yeah. I said, oh, yeah, yeah. He said, he said, love the podcast. He said, we have one team, <laughs> when they hit the buzzer, have to go, Stop that move! <laughs> and the other team uh, say, "Buck up!" <laughs> that actually, that is, I'm having that. It's amazing, That's a brilliant idea. Thought, we, yeah. mu- we must remember that. Keep that in mind. Yes, I thought that was the perfect. Yeah, so we don't have the silly noise things. They just have to say, "Buck up!" and stop to move. Although I like yeah. the silly noise things, though. Oh. Uh, well, we'll see. How I'm, you know, I'm devoting at least a morning to organising the party. <laughs> anyway, folks, remember, possibly more Christmas fun than you can ever cope with. Literally. Out on the 19th of December, 2016. Love a bit of Christmas fun. And coming up in March is a special 8th Doctor release as Doctor Who, The Doom Coalition, continues. It concludes, actually. Oh, it concludes. Oh, blah, 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 blah. It concludes. The Doom Coalition concludes. Make sure you add some reverb to that, please. Okay, no problem. Uh, The Doomsday Chronometer is counting down to the end of the universe. The Doctor and his companions have been defeated, and Gallifrey has been overtaken by a group of dangerous fanatics. That's the bleak scenario in Doctor Who, Doom Coalition 4, which brings the 16-episode saga to a nail-biting conclusion in March 2017. 16 episodes! I didn't... That doesn't seem that... Four, Crikey. Yeah, it's four box sets. Four fours are 16, you know. Crikey. Mm. Paul McGann returns as the Eighth Doctor alongside Nicola Walker and Hattie Morahan as his companions Liv Chenka and Helen Sinclair. Also returning, Mark Bonnar as the popular villain The Eleven, Robert Bathurst as Padrak, Emma Cunniff as the Sonomancer, while Rufus Hound joins the series to reprise his role as the meddling monk. Yes, the meddling monk. You heard it here first. Well, sort of. It's probably been in Doctor Who magazine, actually. Shh. Just shushing all those people that have heard it before. Shh, don't say. You've heard it before. Yes, so now time to take a first look at some of 2017's Torchwood titles. That sounds so good on the tongue, doesn't it? Torchwood titles. Uh, Torchwood titles, Torchwood titles, Torchwood titles, Torchwood titles. Next stuck in a loop. Help me! Including the brand new trailer. That's right. In March 2017, a new run of single disc Torchwood stories starts, kicking off with David Llewellyn's Torchwood Visiting Hours, starring Neris Hughes and Kai Owen as mother and son team Brenda and Reese Williams. Here's the trailer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Torchwood Visiting Hours. If you're going to use me as a punching ram, would you mind giving me a bit of warning? All right, ma'am. Which way? Left or right? Where are you going, Mr. Williams? There's no way out. You know that. Nurse, hold down his arms. He's waking up. We need to increase the dosage of halothin. I said we need to increase his dosage of halothin. 
There's no easy way of saying this. It's a killer robot from the future. Run! Twenty seconds till the bridge closes. Sorry, gentlemen. You're on your own. Chris, I'm scared. Please, close your eyes. Close your eyes, man, please. Big finish. We love stories. Well, chicken was a bit dry, but we had a lovely rhubarb crumble for afters. The third of next year's stories is now confirmed as Torchwood Corpse Day by James Goss, and along with April's Torchwood The Dollhouse, you can find new story details at bigfinish.com. You'll also find details of January's much-anticipated Torchwood 1 before the fall. Here's the trailer for that. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. You two, you're the future of Torchwood. Torchwood One, before the fall. They've been coming to us for years, but we've been kept in the dark. Rachel, you know what we do here, don't you? On the 31st of December, 1879, Queen Victoria issued a charter creating the Torchwood Institute. An organization dedicated to defending Great Britain against alien invasion. Hold still! I've got my gun! Over a century later, Torchwood is based here in Canary Wharf. Excellent work. My name is Rachel Allen, and I'm Torchwood. Big finish. We love stories. What a bunch of humdingers there. Loving the Torchwood stuff. Loving. I, I worked on the Visiting Hours one, actually, which is an yeah. absolute corker. Not not to blow my own trumpet off something I've worked on, but it's actually really good. I really, really, you really You did like the sound it. design. I did yeah. indeed, yeah. Uh, love, love, yeah. amazing script. Absolutely amazing script. And, well, it's the end of the news, Nick. Yes, that's right. The news has hopped on a train which has inevitably been delayed for most of the morning. It's hurtled (laughs) its way toward London, Victoria, and it's decided to go for a walk because it's too tired to get the tube. Goodbye, news. We'll see you next week. Time now for listeners' emails. Love an email. Love an email. And remember, you can write to us at podcast at bigfinish.com. But you can't write with a pencil because it's online. And that what you could do, you could photocopy it. That would be incredibly yeah. fun to see and probably very difficult to read. But uh, Or you could use an iPad Pro with the Apple Pencil. Oh, you could do, couldn't you? I've got one of those. Or maybe you could write it in secret code and we could not translate it because it would just not be worth our time because it would be so <laughs> I can think of a couple of people who write in regularly who are going to take you up on that it's just going to be yeah and, and then we'll be put under the microscope as, as genuinely stupid people because we'll sit there going nope and everybody at home is going he's saying how are you it's an anagram <laughs> you fools you old fools 
Um, to, to quote a bit of... A quote from the Daleks. Yeah, yeah, he knows yeah, it, he knows I'm it. I'm so sad that I know that. More importantly, you're the only person that actually has ever... Because I say it quite a lot with people from the, uh, like Doctor Who, I, I do say it, and nobody else has ever got that before. So thank goodness for Nicholas Briggs, everybody. Thank you. That and, you know, humming any Dudley Simpson piece of incidental music, I'd get that as well. Anyway... <laughs> Don't no 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 don't don't we'll start that won't I will do <laughs> that was that's the obvious anyway. one isn't it yeah it is it is I was no I can't do that one anyway what <laughs> I'm not going to be able to concentrate now uh, okay so yes we've got lots of lovely emails that we've had in this week so please keep them coming as we love reading them we do and we also love going off topic as well so <laughs> clearly <laughs> da, da. I've um, gone off topic again oh. <laughs> no. So, first up, uh, this from Mark Evans. Hi, Big Finish Podcast. Hello. I think we can generally agree that Mel was pretty poorly served in Doctor Who TV. If anybody doubts Bonnie's acting prowess, given the right material, try listening to Big Finish's number 12, The Fires of Vulcan, for example. Number 12. Number 12. (laughs) Sounded like you were going to be doing some bingo there. And here we go. Next one, please. It's number 12. That's a swan and a stick. (laughs) Two fat ladies, 21. (laughs) What? <laughs> Love a bit of bingo. Love it. I was doing that. I did that. No, I was doing auctioning with some people the other day. Doing the old thing when you go like that and talk really fast. I'll go to the man over there and then the man over there and then. Oh, and it's gone. Never mind. So, yes, back to the email. Um, so, my question is any chance for Mel Story, which gives Bonnie Langford a chance to shine and really stretch her acting muscles? Preferably an origin story for Mel giving her character an audio boost similar to the reimagining of Colin Baker's Doctor. Perhaps a tale where Mel falls in love with an Arthurian knight transported to modern times entitled He Jousts with Cars. Kunick explaining a Doctor Who unbounded story titled He Jests at Scars uh, after a quote from Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet close brackets didn't open them but they're closed now P.S. thanks for all the great work on the Big Finish Doctor Who related ranges and enjoyable Big Finish podcast thanks Mark Evans sent from my iPhone what's he doing sending emails from your iPhone I know I wonder where it went. I woke up this morning, it was gone. So, yes, uh, Mark, there is a male origin story. It's called The Wrong Doctors. So that's all. We, yeah, you must have heard that on Big Finish, surely. Uh, yeah, uh, Bonnie is such a fantastic actor. She, she's she's amazing brilliant. to work with. And she's had loads of great stuff to do for Big Finish, and she, she's, she'll be doing some more soon. Yes, He Jests at Scars is a Doctor Who Unbound story which features Mel. And uh, that's the little joke that Mark's making there when he jousts with cars. I love the way he's gone to all the trouble to think of an Arthurian knight transported to modern times in order to make that amazing joke. <laughs> Where's He said slightly sarcastically. Uh, next up, this is a rather good one from Jason Chisholm. Hi, Lau Buckos. Interesting. Magic. Um, I think that's to do with us saying buck up a lot. I hope all is well in your world. 
I've recently started listening to your podcast and I really enjoy it. Well, hopefully this will help, Jason. The, the glimpses into the Big Finish world are interesting and entertaining. I was curious how closely uh, do directors work with post-production, if at all? Do they give input or ideas? I'd be interested to know more about the role of the director inside the world of Big Finish Audio, outside of working with all the actors. Also, that's an excellent question. That's a good question. Oh, also, how often do you have to delete scripted scenes? If this happens, at what stage might it more frequently occur? At script before it gets to the actors, before it gets to the actors get it. Well, I think I know what you mean. Uh, as it's being recorded, or perhaps in post. Any examples would be welcomed. A documentary would be fantastic. Well, I can't just cook one up now, Jason. Uh, I, uh, here's one, all right, now. The next three hours is a documentary. Goodbye. <clears throat> I always enjoy... Back up! Sorry, I'm just getting angry for no reason. I've got anger issues. I always enjoy the behind-the-scenes included in some of the audios, but I really love to see a full story about the rise of Big Finish and a look at what goes into making them today. Thank you for many excellent stories and hard work. Jason Chisholm didn't detail which device he sent it from just as well. Um, so, Jason, right, loads of brilliant questions in there. I'll try to answer them as uh, uh, succinctly as possible. How closely do directors work with post-production? Um, the directors work very closely with post-production. In the old days, we used to have to wait for CDs to come from the sound designers and composers, then listen to them, then either um, send an email with the changes in, because the internet wasn't so good in them there days, or phone them up, more likely, or even send them a letter. I remember sending letters with notes on, and then wait for the corrected versions to come back. Now, of course, we get sent MP3s, which arrive very, very quickly. And uh, they, the directors give notes, usually through email. Sometimes they meet up, and sometimes they speak on the phone, but it's uh, generally done by email and there's a lot of back and forth and it is the director's responsibility to get the production right and and the sound designer and composer's responsibility to uh, do it to the best of their ability to the director's brief so they're very much in charge of that process um, so that's part of the role of the director inside Big Finish it's also the role of the director to uh, sort out with David Richardson, who's a line producer, uh, sort out when the recording is going to take place and to cast the production as well. Unless, like me, you have a lovely arrangement with David Richardson where he helps out with the castings because I'm so busy on other things. Um, so, yeah, uh, they, they do an awful lot of work. They're not involved with the cover artwork. That's the one thing they're not involved with because that's just not logistically possible. But how about deleting scripted scenes? I don't think we've ever deleted scenes. We've sometimes deleted lines. Um, scenes and, and lines are, are sometimes deleted or altered before it gets to the director and before it gets to the actors. Um, but there are occasional times when we'll delete something in a studio recording. We'll say, actually, that line's not necessary. But we've never deleted a scene in studio. And I can't think of any scenes... We have only deleted scenes, whole scenes in the past during post-production because of a production overrunning. So, for example, um, uh, what was it called? Uh, it was in the first set of Paul McGann's we did. Um, oh, I keep losing the title. It keeps coming into my head and going away. It had the Brigadier in it. Can you remember it, Ben? Was it uh, Paul's first run? First yeah yeah of stuff oh god i know the one you're it was in the main about, range um, yeah i can't remember the title because it's it was by alan w lear but the 
I keep wanting to say cloud of fear, and it's not cloud of fear. It's um um. Let's have a look in the old, the old internet. Look, you could look in the collect. Uh, not in my backyard. Is that a story? <laughs> Apparently, that's what I'm just <laughs> What? Uh, the spectre of La- Lanyon Moore, shadow in the glass. No, look look in the collected Paul McGann. Okay, I'm, I'm just looking at a completely unrelated website. Uh, okay, hold on. Look in the big finish. I'm going to do it. The Eighth Doctor collected. Show all... See, all items released in this range. It's just so embarrassing. Oldest first. Yeah, but there's there's so many things. Storm one. Da, 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 minuet in hell. I, I feel was, such a fool I was just about to say knowing. that. And uh, bef- just before you said... Um, uh, uh, when you said, I'll oh, go on the big finished thing. That was my next one to <laughs> read out. Oh, well, never mind. Hey-ho. You say that. <laughs> anyway, it's, yes. It's true. Um, yeah. <laughs> I believe you. I do. I saw the look of sincerity on your face. Um, so, yes, I cut a load of scenes from that because it was ridiculously overrunning. The first episode is 45 minutes long, which I didn't cut. And then it was clear that all the episodes were going to be about 45 minutes long and fitting four of those on two CDs. Yeah. So I uh, I cut loads of stuff, whole scenes and um I bet you can't tell. We had some stuff in in Survivors uh, Survivors Four. We had a, a, a like, lots of montage bits in the first episode of that one, set inside a bunker. Um, there was lots of like, it was, it was really cool that the stuff that that was done. There was sort of like almost artistic pieces where they'd be like using sound effects to sort of make like almost like rhythmic things. But yes, upon upon uh, when the edit came through. It, Kind of, it was it was sort of decided that it was easier to to do without them and focus on the drama. So that in in that circumstance, but usually, I thought they were still in. I remember doing music. But I think we cut them down. I think we cut. Yeah, we there were there were definitely more of them perhaps that had been done ah, that right, they were yeah. meant to be in there. But I think a lot of the time as well, the 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 writers, uh, the script editors as well, at Big Finish, are really good at getting the pacing right with with everything. Yes. That it, it's usually quite straightforward great questions though it's it and also a documentary that uh, jason if you've bought the light at the end the big box set of it the, there's a documentary in there all about big finish and how it began and all that sort of stuff so so there have it <laughs> thanks jason <Have> that. <laughs> <laughs> so now this then from mary jean spear there we go. So, dear Nick and Benji, I couldn't wait to listen to Unit Silenced after hearing Nick's apology in last week's podcast for resemblances to the current political situation. I don't think you should watch. I feel like I'm reading the news. <laughs> Resemblance to the current political situation. I don't think that you should worry about it. After all, there's plenty of precedent for political commentary in Doctor Who. What about Helen A and the Happiness Patrol? Good call, Mm -hmm. good call. Mm -hmm. Or any reference to the American president in the Russell T. Davis era (laughs) pre-Obama? Question mark. I'm haunted by a moment from a uh, RTD episode that seems relevant today. Wilf's heartbreaking. It's happening again. Uh, As his his non-native-born neighbours are taken away to labour camps from turn left. Yeah, that that bit always hits me as well when I see that. That whole episode uh, is is actually quite traumatic, I think. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. 
for the next four years, I for one am going to need Big Finish more than ever. So please give us more of the wit. And Nick, you have to say this because I... Joie de vivre. Oh, is that? Joie de vivre. Uh, of Rangers like Jago and Lightfoot and the Fourth Doctor Adventures, as well as everything you do. I'm halfway through Unit Silence. I love the clever way it ties in with the events of the show. Oh, and a belated congratulations to Nick for your wonderful portrayal of Captain Kaibo in Jadoon in Chains. Thank you. <laughs> you should get an audio award for that performance. Oh, yeah. oh please. I'd like to thank my mother and my father. <laughs> <laughs> so that one is from Mary Jean Spear in Harrisonburg, Virginia. You forgot to read out the bit where she says thank you and please keep podcasting. That's very important. Thank you. Thank you, Mary Jean. Yes, you. Uh, finally, uh, an update from Alexander Basden about his latest video. He said to send some videos, you know, of uh, Sontaran skiing and uh, a snake playing table tennis. Afternoon or morning, Nick and Benji. I'm sorry to say that the cat on the skateboard, which is what you specified last time, Benji, something about having a brain on its back as well, uh, will not be ready until approximately Sunday afternoon, which is when you're probably listening to this podcast. I, because we do tend to release them a bit early. <laughs> I have encountered multiple setbacks, but I am certain I will have the video ready long before next week's podcast. Uh, the main problem was the cat itself. I was going to use my cat for the video, but she proved somewhat difficult to work with. God, they always let you down. So <laughs> I now plan on animating a cat from scratch. Do you see cats, Alexander's cat, all the extra work you've put Alexander to? Anyway, he says, just letting you know about the delay, Alexander Basden. Thank you. We, we like to be kept up to date. We, we do, about, yes, uh, people's we do. Uh, animation projects. I, I mean, in, in some respects, I'm, I'm sort of glad that you're not using your cat because I don't, I don't like to feel responsible for any cat-related skateboarding injuries. with I tried to staple it to the skateboard, but it just wasn't having it. How unreasonable. How unreasonable. Buck up, cat. Buck up, buck up cat. <laughs> Love it. Buck up, cat. Um, yeah, but wonderful stuff. It's great to hear uh, of all of your 3D and artistic uh, endeavours. And so please keep all the creativity, all of you podcasting listeners out there, keep the creativity coming because it is rather wonderful. It always. So I, thought, I thought you were going to say, keep your creativity to yourself. <laughs> keep it to yourself. <laughs> no, please, please do keep it coming. Uh, so, um, yeah, thank you very much, Alexander. And I look forward to Sunday. I'll be waiting. Uh, so, there we have it. It's the end of the emails. Have you ever seen the end of an email? Well, this is it. This is the end. So, there we go. Right then, here's our guest star interview chosen by Benji. It's Crystal D from Doctor Who The Fan Show. I have to say, it begins with her finding the pop shield on my uh, digital recorder too amusing. Sounds like something <laughs> Crystal would be laughing at. Yeah, yeah. She just couldn't cope with the fact that it looked like my beard. Um, shout out as well... Uh to uh, uh, Elliot Chapman because I recorded an interview with him at the Dimensions event uh, convention the com but the quality of the interview um, not, the content, quality, not, not the content not the content the actual Elliot audio was brilliant. Elliot was wonderful the audio quality of it um, isn't actually it didn't come out that well so we, th we thought it might be a bit hard for people to to hear on all their audio devices so um, but it will be up on the internet somewhere at some point so keep your your eyes and your noses peeled there 
for some definitely worth a listen indeed you do so we'll, we'll be saying that before crystal's interview or after it pop, pop it in wherever you like it's up, it's up to you <laughs> well thanks for taking responsibility oh. uh, um, anyway here's crystal you join us with crystal d uh, laughing her head off <laughs> At my pop shield and my headphones. What, what in particular is funny? She's gone. Because, okay, so um, I'll try and uh, try not to laugh. The, uh, the the pop shield is um, it looks very much like your beard, <laughs> and exactly. uh, and uh, it looks like you may have cut some off and used it as a pop shield. <laughs> and now I can't get out of the, <laughs> that, that idea out of my head. No, I think it's a fair assessment <laughs> actually of the pop pop shield. Yeah, no, it's it's fair. Oh, it's it's what everyone says. Is and it? There are, yeah, there are pictures of me online with people wearing it or putting it on my head because obviously, as you everyone listening will know, I'm bald. <laughs> That's the sound of my head. Um, yeah. Okay. Do you see how I surreptitiously make these interviews about me rather than the mm. first time? Crystal D, you are the presenter of Doctor Who the Fan Show. Yes, just that's how correct. To say it correctly. Mm. We've just been doing an interview about Daleks and things, which is probably yeah. everyone will have seen by the time <laughs> they hear this. So, uh, and you were just, we were just chatting casually and you were talking about Doctor Who came into your life when you were 14? Yeah, yeah, when it came back in 2005, that's when I first discovered Doctor Who um, and I came across it uh, completely by mistake, so nobody introduced it to me. Nobody said, oh, here's Doctor Who, you should watch that. It was one Sunday afternoon and there was a repeat on BBC Three, I believe, of The Empty Child. And I tuned in halfway through and I thought, goodness me, what is this? What is this? This is amazing. Uh, had me completely glued, and it, it just it went on from there. Wow, that's mm-hmm. incredible to think you found your way around Doctor Who from The Empty Child. Yeah, yeah. I mean, great, great episode to start on, and I actually think that I owe, I kind of owe that episode really to to me getting sucked into it so quickly because I think most of all of that series, in fact, series one is a, a, in my eyes a complete masterpiece, um, but. The Empty Child was so scary, uh, in particular, and I think it was it was the way that it had me, uh, like you know you know when you're too scared to move, you know when you're a kid and you're sitting you're sitting in front. I mean, fourteen. I mean, I was old enough, but thirteen. Uh, and and uh, I always lose track if it's thirteen or fourteen. But um, I was I yeah. But uh, I was. Uh, completely, completely terrified, and um, and that that I me- I remember the credits rolling, and I remember just thinking, "What is this? I have to know everything about this." So. Was that the kind of person you were, though? You kind of like <clears throat> you were were you yeah. fan yeah. fan of anything else? Yes, like, oh, right. very much so. Always been uh, a massive fan of of, of stuff. Uh, so before Doctor Who, actually, uh, Pokemon uh, and Japanese comics. So I was I was already attending conventions and things like that um, for comics and stuff like that. Uh, I had been to a few. I was sort of vaguely into them. I think it really took off. I went to my first big convention a bit later after Doctor Who, it was two thousand and six. But before that, I was I'd, I had some friends in in school who were into comics, um, and I used to collect stickers. I liked football. Football was a big thing for me. I used to collect football stickers, but it wasn't just the casual, uh, being a casual fan. Anything that I liked, I was a massive fan of. It gotcha. was all or nothing, and that's kind of still how I am. So if I'm into something, I'm really into something. 
I've got a feeling you're quite scared of my pop shield because the closer <laughs> I move the recorder to you, you keep moving away. <laughs> I don't want to hit it. Don't okay. go away. It's better when okay. you're closer to it. Okay. <laughs> just for the recording. <clears throat> okay. Because <laughs> my arm can't get any longer. <laughs> just, just, like, I think it's subconsciously. the man with the strange pop shield. Uh, with the strange okay. beard extension. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so how so, so did you started doing vlogging did you yeah sort of um so when i was 15 um i started just doing youtube videos for fun um and a lot of them were for my own amusement and because i thought they were i thought it was funny yeah. um and i didn't really take youtube seriously until i went to uni and when i went to university i was thinking more about what i wanted to do and um I wanted to. I created the the new the the new YouTube channel as a way of kind of having a side project to practice, like filming and editing. That's something and, drilling. Uh, oh, it is luckily not in your head. No, <laughs> although it sounds a bit like that. Mm. Um, for listeners out there, they are building the new television centre next door. Um, yeah. So um, so at the time, um, I did have an interest in presenting and I wanted to do something that I, a way, it was finding a way to, to, to practice and get better and, and, and learn how to do that. So the obvious thing to do was conventions. So I was going to conventions, interviewing people uh, and, and doing that kind of thing. Then a few, a few years down the line, um, I joined Five Who Fans. Um, so me and a group of friends uh, now make Doctor Who videos. I mean, the channel already existed um, and there were, there were already five members, but somebody was leaving. So um, so they found me uh, doing, doing, I believe, doing YouTube and, and cosplay and stuff. And I think it's funny because I think with the online world, the, the beauty of, of what we have with Twitter and Facebook and everything YouTube is that you feel like, I mean, you make these connections anyway, uh, if you're a fan and you start talking to people. So people... We were aware of each other. I was aware of Fifi fans. I mean, anyway, and and I think we, you know, we had talked online, and and I guessed it in one of their videos as well. And so everybody knows each other. And um, and then eventually they approached me uh, early 2014 to say, you know, do you do you want to join us? You know. So I did, and um, from then on, it was it was making Doctor Who uh, videos, uh, a lot of sketches, a lot of reviews, um, a lot a lot a lots of fun stuff really. Um, which was which was amazing because I think at the time I was looking for a new project and uh, I had done the conventions thing for a bit and I just needed I, I need to, I needed some I took a break from YouTube for a bit and I needed something to sort of bring me back into it and and, and Five Who fans brought back my passion for it I guess and and of course it was it was about Doctor Who which is obviously one of my biggest passions as well um, which then led uh, led on to me getting this job um, eventually yeah. Are you doing it full time? How does it how does it work? The fan show. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm a presenter and researcher. So I work on the show five days a week. Um, and my role as a researcher at the moment involves editing videos, writing scripts, and coming up with ideas. Um, it's uh, it, it can include social media. I mean, it does include social media. Um, it's uh, I'm starting to do a lot a lot more, taking on a lot more producing roles so I'm, I'm starting to if I come up with an idea for an episode then uh, my producer says okay you you can manage this one so I'll go out and find the the people and the resources and um, and, and sort of pull it together really so so it's a, yeah it's a, it's a it's a range of it's a range of jobs you know that I do a dream job do you think? dream job definitely yeah. 100% 100% I mean I mean to work on uh, to work on Doctor Who uh, 
anything remotely connected to Doctor Who would have been amazing. But to to, to be s- such a sort of key part of it um, is is incredible. And actually, like I mean, I am constantly pinching myself. And I I remember when I found out I got this job, I knew I knew it would be life changing. Um, and it and it has been. Um, and yeah, if you if you if you told that that thirteen year old that I would be you know, one day I'd be working on this. I, I just it, it blows it blows my mind. I'm, I'm I'm very lucky to be a fan and to be to be able to get up in the morning and do something that I just love so much that that doesn't really feel like work. You know, and you know, okay, you do have you know, it is a job. You do have your days where you know you have setbacks or things aren't really moving how you want them to. But but that's fine and that's part of it. And and um, you know, it doesn't make me. Uh, it doesn't make me not like it, you know. If that makes sense, it's oh, it does, I totally you. You love it so much. Saying, you, yeah. you, yeah. You, you, you sort of. It's just. It's just part of it. But, but I'm so fortunate to to do something I love because not many people have that. So no, no, no. It's a, it's a great privilege. I, I, I feel the same for myself. Mm. Um, interviewing you, obviously. Uh, <laughs> I th- so I, I got, I've got a sort of uncanny feeling that I'm speaking to a future. Uh, Director General of the BBC or Head of Drama really? at Channel 4. I can, yeah, so there you go. That's, that's just a okay. theory. Okay, interesting, yeah. really. Well, uh, yeah, you've ah, got all the requisite okay. skills and mm. you're just learning and developing, you know. Mm. Yeah. Oh, you, said, you said it here today. Yeah, so that's it. This, we'll see, we'll see. We'll, <laughs> you know, when you get the job, this clip will be on the mm-hmm. news. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, right, so you're halfway through. Uh, we can, you know, we can bank all that. That's Great. fine. <laughs> So now on to the typical uh, mm-hmm. podcast questions. What's uh, tingling your molecules about Big Finish at the What's moment? Tingling my molecules. <laughs> Paul McGann oh. is tingling my molecules. Um, so stop it, Paul. Uh, stop yes. it, Paul. Um, so uh, I'm actually relatively new to Big Finish. Um, so I started listening. God, when did I start listening to Big Finish? This year, early this year, last year, um, but I, I started off with Paul McGann, and I'm I'm still I'm still quite glued to Paul McGann um, because Was it because of the the minisode with him in that sort of drew you to yeah I think so because I, I I'd watched the TV the TV movie lo- loved him in that and then um, and then obviously he came back with um, Night of the Doctor and when it came to getting into Big Finish I thought well as a as a way in, let's choose a doctor that I know and I'm familiar with, because at the time I'm, I'm still ploughing through the classic episodes, and and I thought in terms of this was before the the David Tennant audio, so so he was sort of the newest doctor mm-hmm. on Big Finish, so I thought oh let's let's give Paul McGann a go, and um, so I gave Dark Eyes a go, and I just thought oh god this is oh this is great like oh Paul McGann's fantastic oh oh I really like this oh I need I need more I need more so um so it just went from there really so I've, I've watched quite a lot of the new not watched I've listened it I've feels listened. like it feels like watching it feels like watching, it feels like watching. Uh, I've listened to a lot a lot of the the Paul McGann stuff now which is great um uh, I'm halfway through uh, the latest Doom Coalition uh which is really good um I've listened to War Doctor uh, first couple of War Doctors, the first couple of box sets, mm-hmm. um, River Song, uh, the David Tennant ones. So it's sort of like I'm, I'm kind of like I'm, I'm, I'm sort of going through the new releases at the moment. Um, Anything that has particularly think... meant a lot to you, just at the moment, because I know one's um, favourites change all the time. Yeah, but... I think. Oh, the lights are going down. <laughs> we have to wave our hands oh, to make them sh- come back. Shall on. I just? Uh... <laughs> it's now gone completely <clears throat> dark. There we go. 
we're obviously don't we don't count we don't <laughs> no energy for them yeah. um i i think i actually think it was it was quite a big moment having david tennant and Catherine tate yeah. reunite because uh david tennant is my doctor and um and series four of doctor who is my favorite uh, well favorite i mean not allowed to have favorites but I'm not meant to have a favourite. <laughs> you like it a lot, is what you're saying. <laughs> I've said too much, I've said too much. Um, yes, no, I, I like it a lot. And um, uh, they're my favourite... My fa- <laughs> <laughs> they are my favourite uh, new uh, sort of Doctor Companion duo team. And, um, oh, really? So, what, the yeah, do- yeah I mean, I love Rose, yeah. I, love, I, like, I, I liked that. I did enjoy that story, but I just, I loved Catherine Tate and the Doctor. I love their dynamic so much. Um, and so to have more of that and, and to be sort of transported back to that time when, you know, when I was 16 or 17, when, when, when that series was on and, and to me, Doctor Who, that was, I mean, that was, that was the height of my obsession in that I was such a fangirl. And like when David Tennant left, I bawled my eyes out. It was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like... And so I was so invested at that time. And so to have those audios, and also to have those audios written in a way that was so, um, uh, the style of it was so of that time, if that makes sense. It was like being taken back to series four. That's what we were trying to do. Yeah. Great, because you guys did it. Like it, it, it was, it was so, uh, it, yeah, in, in sort of in tune with that. Like it, it could have been. They could have been more stories of you know from series four, which was great. Um, so that, so that was fantastic. I really enjoyed, really enjoyed that. Um, it just, it was like bonus, bonus series four. But obviously, the beauty of it as well with with audio, which is what's so great. Because I, I, I'm now surprised I didn't get into audio before that because. Um, you know the beauty is it's the obvious thing is that you know everything's conjured up in your mind's eye and i think that just <clears throat> that just gives you so much freedom there are things in big finish that you just couldn't possibly do on screen i mean you know uh, the Paul McGann adventures um there's been there's some great imagery of of wars and massive things that happen to daleks huge scenes uh in space and um, the, the the budgets on TV just wouldn't really allow, and I think with your head, it, it, with your mind, you can just though there's no limit really. You can just you're free to just imagine, and I think if you're a particularly visual person, which I am, um, I, I have quite a lot, vivid, big imagination in terms of imagery. So 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 audio is perfect for that really, because it's just yeah, it's just sort of feeds it if that makes sense. So yeah yeah, long answer, but yes. Oh, well, it's the perfect answer. Thank you very Good, much. Yes. It's like we should quote it on, oh, well, on you our can. website. You, 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 know, you the... may, you may. <laughs> okay, and the, and the last question is, mm-hmm. what's tingling your molecules in terms of entertainment generally? Anything mm. on television or book or film or, or all of those things, but just, mm. you know, whatever. Um, well, I'm currently watching the latest series of Black Mirror. Oh, yeah. Which is absolutely fantastic. I've um, seen the first episode. Oh, really... yeah. So the so the great thing about Black Mirror, um, uh, the, there's they're now on their third series, um, which is a now a Netflix production. That's it used right. to be on Channel Four. Um, I'm a big fan of Charlie Brooker um, generally, but I love Black Mirror. I mean, I love sci-fi and I love uh, anyway. But I love what I love about Black Mirror because it's all technology. A lot of it's it's all technology focused, and um, 
it's it very in such a kind of like um how can i put it it sort of it throws up it throws up kind of huge questions about how we are with our technology and the way things are going through these stories and some and a lot of them are incredibly scary i'm I'm halfway through the the uh, current series um but there was an episode that really that made, made me really emotional um and it was it was quite it wasn't really like the other black mirror episodes that sort of end quite badly it was a beautiful episode episode four i believe um, set in the future, but you don't really see, you don't really know the characters are actually in the future until much later because it starts off in the 80s. And these, these two, the, the, the main characters, these, these two girls who. Um, they tell me what happens. I'm not going to tell you, I won't tell you what happens. Okay. <laughs> okay, right. It? Anyway, it's, it centers around these two, these two girls who, um, it's, it starts off in the 80s, um, but they, they form a relationship. Um, and. As it goes on, you start to realise that, uh, without ruining, you start to realise that they're not just in the 80s, but they are in other times. Oh, I say. Okay. But I'm, it's not a time travel story. I'm going home to watch it tonight. It's not a time I travel story, yeah. It's not about time this. travel as such, because you'll find out the reason why... I can't ruin it it's for you. So now. Imaginative, it's so imaginative, isn't it? But it's really imaginative, and it and, holds up as it, it's holding up a black mirror, a dark mirror mm-hmm, to our mm-hmm. reality. Yes. And yeah, mm. brilliant. It's fantastic. I highly recommend it. It's it's a that one is particularly particularly beautiful. Mm. Thank you. Well, thank you um, for sharing those yeah, thoughts with us. Yes. I shall now uh, put away my my stunt beard. <laughs> put it away. <laughs> it's scaring me. <laughs> thank you so much. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks to Crystal there. I, I went in, you see, the reason I was uh, uh, in her company was because I went in to do an interview on Daleks at uh, the television centre. No longer the BBC television centre. They've just removed the letters B, B and C. It just says television centre now, um, where BBC Worldwide are based to, for the Doctor Who the Fan Show. Yeah, me chatting about Daleks. You probably Have you seen it? I have it's, seen it. I have indeed. Always keep up to date with these things. It suddenly struck me, you know, there I am in my tweed jacket, and I, I, I think I rather look like it's. It's a bit like Terence Dix and a teenager, isn't it? You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm this old bloke chatting to this young girl. Anyway, there we go. You can see. <clears throat> I'll tell you one thing, though. You could see on Crystal's face; she's very excited, especially any any Dalek voice related stuff. She looked like a little, little happy little child. Uh, I know she's doing this. Next <laughs> I, I remember um, when uh, I had a few people uh, got together around my place. And I remember it was the first time I set up the ring modulator. It was the first time she'd ever had a go on one. And I just remember it was the funniest thing because all of a sudden this this sort of quiet sort of bunch of people laughing sort of politely just turned into Crystal D yelling ferociously for about a good five minutes just go down the microphone before then i think after that her she she and a couple of other people went and just started singing kate bush and ruined the mood as a dalek though which is quite good yeah obviously Obviously. but uh yeah great great interview that yes oh thank you yeah. Well, so it was like that now, magical it? moment, you know, when you're in a room with yeah. Oh. yeah, so yeah, right. Um, 
Yeah, so now it's time once again for everybody's favourite chap. It's Ran the Randomoid Selectatron. Now, if you don't know what that is, well, I'm about to tell you. So forward if you do, but uh, yeah, why not? <laughs> don't forward, in fact. Rewind and listen to it again. Um, so the Randomoid Selectatron is basically a wonderful uh, computer device made by Hannah Newman. Uh, and it is it selects a random release from the Big Finish archive. It could be anything. It could be Doctor Getting Who. Tense. It could be um, Survivors. It, it, it could be uh, Nicholas Briggs socks. We just do not know what will turn up. It's, it's that temperamental. Uh, so I'm going to initiate it right now. Initiating... Ah, <laughs> it's f- f- number five, the lost episodes of the Avengers. That's lost episode Avengers volume five, I should say, really. Oh, mm, there we go. Well, brilliant stuff. Tell us about it then. Well, first of all, here's the trailer coming soon from Big Finish Productions. <laughs> oh, I adore clowns. <laughs> really? Well, I think I've seen too many. I know everything that's coming. But you can't help. I tell you what, Doctor, I'll have a word with my people and join you on your house call. How does that sound? Get off me! Did you kill my brother, Englander? Did you kill Luis? We didn't kill anyone! Body, as I thought. Shot downstairs, dragged up here. Senor Steve, then this is a murder scene. No. So many rats. Everywhere. Well, did you catch the gist of my conversation? I got the sense of it, yes. Looks like I found myself a new profession. <laughs> what? That came from the lab! Steve! I'm being kidnapped! Shut it! Inside! I thought this had been a quiet week. Can't you tell him I'm ill? She did. I didn't believe her. Steed, to what do I owe this unexpected intrusion? The Avengers, the Lost Episodes box set, Volume 5. Big finish. We love stories. So, um, what's in it? So, uh, this is a a set of four stories here. Uh, It says, already it says here, uh, it's a very authentic set, dripping with post-50s, pre-swinging 60s charm, loaded with the wit and charm of which will blossom into coming seasons. Uh, it's from Planet Mondas. So the first episode is Nightmare by Dan Starkey from a storyline by Terence Feely. When one of his patients, an experimental scientist, goes missing, Dr. Keel ends up impersonating, impersonating him, but not all doctors are on the side of the angels. Mm-hmm. And the second episode is Girl on the Trapeze by Dennis Spooner, adapted oh. by Ray Lever. The circus has come to town, but after Keel witnesses an apparent suicide, it becomes clear that the clowns are concealing something sinister behind the scenes. Number Episode number three is Crescent Moon by Phil Mulrine from the storyline Jeffrey Bellman and John Whitney. On a Caribbean island, Steed finds himself caught up in the curious case of kidnapping where he wants to save a missing girl. He's got to find out what's really going on. And quickly. 
And the last one of the set is Diamond Cut Diamond by John Dorney from a storyline by Max Marquis. A smuggling ring is leaving a trail of bodies in its wake. Steed goes undercover as an air stewardess to investigate. But can he confront the culprit before it's his head on the block? Steed goes undercover as an air stewardess. That's, that's what I thought. On air steward. <laughs> I didn't think that when I was reading it. Oh, hello. I, I thought the more I was when I read that, I thought, what on earth is going on? The Crazy Avengers. And they might do that in the Steed and Mrs. Pill ones. Um, so, for those of you who don't know, this is the um, adaptations of uh, scripts and storylines from the original Avengers series, which, you know, where he was uh, really, Steed was a sidekick to uh, Dr. Keel. Um, and uh, there was no, uh, you know, high-kicking lady at his side. Although Lucy Briggs-Owen plays a rather nice character in it. And, and is a tremendous actress, actually. Um, great release. is so authentic. Julian Wadham and Anthony Howell do a fantastic job of uh, Steed and Keel. Uh, lovely people. Julian really leads the cast well. Not only in his performance, but the way he is in in the green room and the studio you know i've been there i've been in a couple of them um great stuff a fantastic uh of the period music the original avengers theme the original original one <laughs> anyway, um uh, you've already heard that in the trailer uh yeah really really great stuff uh just quickly tell you how it came about us doing the avengers uh, studio canal asked to speak to us about possibly Big Finish doing something for their DVD, no, their Blu-ray release of the Doctor Who movies from the 60s, Doctor Who and the Daleks and Dalek Invasion of 2150 AD. Um, and uh, we went in for the meeting, but they'd not really taken into account that it would take us quite some time to make something specially for them. And there wasn't enough time to do it. But I had noticed that they owned the Avengers. And so I said, just before this meeting ends, can we just talk about the Avengers? Um, and things have been tricky with the Avengers since that movie with Rafe Fiennes and Uma Thurman, which was rather unpopular with many, many people. And, and that made doing new Avengers fiction quite difficult. And then we said there are lots of scripts of productions that have now vanished from the archives that we could dramatise. And Massimo, who at the uh, at Studio Canal, sort of, I could see, he thought, hello. And from that one little unspoken hello, all this happened. And David Richardson uh, had a real passion for doing it and has done tremendous work with Matt Fitton and John Dorney and many others and Ken Bentley directing. It's a great series, honestly. Uh, if you love old cult television, you'll love these adaptations. I highly recommend it. Well, there's one thing I will say. Uh, I don't know what it is about Big Finish. I, I don't know what it is about it. But there's something... Big Finish always seems to really nail 60s stuff. And I don't really... I, I, I mean, it nails everything it does, in my in my opinion. But there's something about it. I, I always get rather rather excited when I when I see something 1960s, which is Big Finishy. So... Well, yeah, I mean, it's because, really, uh, David and I were born in the 1960s. <laughs> So it's like we, 
I, I have a, even though, you know, I was only, I was born in 1961, so I wasn't very old when the 1960s were over. I was certainly not uh, old enough to, uh, you know, have had an adult experience of the 60s. But, you know, you remember it and you know you have, um, it's like you can smell when it's real or not. And um, same with the 70s, really. Funnily enough, with the 80s, not so much for me because, you know, I was discovered girls and alcohol then anyway well, well the on. 80s I, I think I mean I, I don't know why I've even got an opinion frankly on it. I discovered that in the 70s come to think of it but anyway yeah. <laughs> but uh, the thing about the 80s is, is it's one of those things that's really easily it, it can be really easily blown out of proportion and it can become like almost uh, what's the word I'm looking for a parody of itself like it because oh it's the 80s that's so 80s when people say that like i get really irritated when people say oh that's such an that's so 80s and it's like well that's not 80s at all it's just what you you believe is 80s from oh yeah yeah you know whereas yes the 80s you know my experience of the 80s was being at uh, drama school and then being unemployed so that's, uh, yeah that's quite an 80s big and dramatic to me that's so 80s isn't it, <laughs> it is, isn't it yeah being unemployed was a big 80s thing actually yeah that's true Anyway, more socio-economic comment from uh, the Big Finish podcast there. <laughs> and next on Newsnight. <coughs> the 90s. Well, thank you. That's the Randomoid Selectatron. That was good. Yeah, thanks, Ran. You're always, always doing a good job. Keep up the good work, as they say. And so now... The podcast streaks towards us in its nullification. Uh, we've got we've got some clothes over the side just in case we don't want it to streak for too long. Just in time for Nick to round up what's currently just out from Big Finish. Take it away, Mr. Briggs. Dan Dare Volume 1, Spaceship Away! Yes, that's not the title, I just wanted to say that. Uh, Dan and Digby are back with Peabody, Sir Hubert and the deadly Mekan. It's mayhem in space. The Avengers! Olivia Poulet and Julian Modem star as Mrs. Peel and John Steed in this blockbuster set of crazy adventures. Crazy adventures. Crazy! I have gone crazy. Uh, adapted from the superb Diana magazine comic strips. Those are also available in a big book from Big Finish. A big book from Big Finish. I have actually lost the plot. Don't miss them. Uh, Doctor Who short trips, The Man Who Wasn't There, read by India Fisher. Charlie Pollard, no less. There you are. There you have it. There they go. Magical stuff there. Well, that is a an action-packed paragraph right there, Nick. So Thank lots you. to listen to, lots to be forward, look forward to. And now it's time for me and Nick to say goodbye. Or possibly something more interesting. Uh, oh, what's more interesting than goodbye? I don't know. Tune in next time Please. to find... <laughs> Flea bob. the uh, the flower pot man. Oh, yeah. And before we go, here's the final instalment of our teaser serialization of Have a listen. You'll love it. B7 Media presents Dan Dare: The Voyage to Venus, dramatized for radio by Richard Curti and Bev Doyle. Excuse me, sir. It's okay. Wards are the other way. I know where I'm going. 
That's high dependency only. Dad, how have you been? I brought some fresh flowers. There's going to be someone else coming in for a while. I'll be going away. It's not been officially announced, but I can tell you, they've finally given me a chance to go back into space. I'm commanding a mission to Venus. And when I return and have proved what the dares are really made of, they'll have to listen to me. Finally, we'll clear your name. Here, I made you another recording. <laughs> the latest installment, based on a true story. Ready? Let's go straight over to Kingfisher, the latest ramjet prototype where brave test pilot Dan Dare is putting the beast through its paces. Much to the horror of the flight controls. Ease off, Dan. Ease off. But our intrepid hero is undaunted. I thought you wanted Kingfisher tested. Not destroyed. Didn't anyone tell you? Mobiles have to be turned off in here. Lieutenant Digby, are you stalking me? You're not the only one who remembers. Matter of fact, I visit William every month. Oh, see, so you already brought flowers. So he doesn't need yours. Steady with the attitude. He doesn't want anything from military brass, except an apology. Well, that's way above my rank. Yes. They all hid behind rank when they chewed him up and spat him out. It was more complicated than that. Well, right now we're busy. So whatever you want, it'll have to wait. I'm afraid it can't. Training for the Venus mission's been brought forward. We start this afternoon. We? Don't tell me you're coming as well. And the problem is? This is about first contact, not invasion. Correct. But you're more boots on the ground than one small step. With all due respect, sir, you have no idea what I am. Maybe that's what worries me. Why don't I just take you to your new ship? Car's outside. There she is, Anastasia. That is quite a piece of kid. But unproved, which makes a high risk, like her commander. Risk is the whole point of being a test pilot. You're always the first one in. Glad to hear it. Launches in three months. So, when do I get to pick the rest of my crew? You don't. What? It's just you, me and Peabody. So I'm commander of a ship where everyone thinks they're in charge? Can't speak for Peabody. <laughs> What exactly is your role on this mission? Crew security and weaponry. But there's no need for weapons. There's always a need for weapons. This is a peaceful mission. Prepare for the worst and you won't be disappointed. That's my motto, and I've been in most of the wars going this last 20 years. I can see this is going to be a cheerful trip. Suicide missions rarely are, sir. I wouldn't know. Always make a landing you can walk away from. That's my motto. In Dan Dare, The Voyage to Venus, dramatized for radio by Richard Curty and Bev Doyle, Dan Dare was Ed Stoppard, Digby, Jeff McGiven, and Professor Peabody, Hader Reed. Sir Hubert was Michael Cochran, Sondar, Bijan Danishmand, and the Mekon, Rad Rawi. Treen General was Amber Ager. Flight Engineer, David O'Mahony. Flight Control, Kelly Burke and the onboard computer was Diane Weller. Other roles were played by members of the cast. Sound engineer was Wilfredo Acosta, 
Sound design and post-production, Alistair Locke. Original music, Imran Ahmad. Series script editor, Colin Brake. The executive producer was Simon Moorhead. Dan Dare, The Voyage to Venus, was produced and directed by Andrew Mark Sewell and was a B7 production. Big Finish. We love stories.